Hey everybody, it's Stefan here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just wanted to give you a virtual hug. I know that things might be tough for you right now. You're worried. Things aren't going as planned. But you know what? Stefan's here. And Stefan's here to give you a warm, digital, pixelated embrace. So take it. Take it in. Close your eyes. Do you feel the magic of this moment? Good. All right, you're going to feel much more magic as things progress because we have a special guest today. You're going to love him. It's Michael Longfellow. He's a comedian. He's been doing comedy for about seven years. He was seen on Conan. He did a set there. And uh, he was also on NBC's Bring the Funny. He was a semifinalist. So he's definitely a funny guy. We had such a good time interviewing him, too. He's just so... He's just a great person to talk to. I feel like I, I could talk with him for hours. He's also got a really cool voice. I'm v- he's very suave, and I'm very jealous of it because I feel like I'm like, hello, my name is Stefan. He's like, hey, my name's Michael, and I do comedy, and I'm really cool. And it pisses me off a little bit. I wish I could talk more like that, but I don't, so I'm just going to accept it. But I do find comfort in the fact that I think Michael had a good time. In fact, he did say... But dude, this was right on par with all the fun podcasts of all time. Oh my God. This is just as pleasurable. You guys are, uh, yeah, lovely. Do you see what I mean, though? The voice is like honey. It's awesome. All right, I'm over it. Anyway... I just wanted to give a quick thank you. I know that we've been getting a lot of new listeners, so we really appreciate all the love that everybody's been giving us. If you guys haven't already, please subscribe, tell a friend, talk about us on social, leave a review. All of that stuff is really important to us, and all of it that you guys have been doing has been awesome. Also, spread the love to Michael. I've put all of his links in the show notes. You can follow him on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever you're hanging out in the digispace. So give him some love. All right, guys, get ready for Pleasure Town. A comedy advice podcast. An advice podcast for Devin. And friends. To make exaggerated statements not meant to be taken literally. What was that, Stefan? A uh, comedy advice podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a comedy advice podcast. My name is Stefan Satani, and I am your host. Joining me today is co-host Eric Hughes. Hey, how's it going today? It's going quite well. How are you? Um, fantastic. I love our little introduction banter. All right, moving on. <laughs> we've also are joined by a very special guest today. He's a stand-up comedian and writer living in Los Angeles. He's done stand-up on Conan and was a semifinalist on the show Bring the Funny on NBC. Everybody, please welcome Michael Longfellow. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for letting us have you. Uh, Absolutely, well. <laughs> anytime. Man, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing it's holding up. You know what? I think I'm over the anxiety and and nervousness and fear. I'm in a good place. I think I've properly numbed myself because I'm not quite feeling happy <laughs> either. It's just a a nice medium. So comfortably numb. Yeah, that's right. Comfortably numb. I've I've settled in. I'm pretty I'm pretty good at this by now. <laughs> I'm loving it, kind of. It was like a panic for like two weeks, I think, for most of us. And then, I don't know, I think I'm one of those people that needed a break and I didn't know it. It's pretty nice. And that's a little, you know, I know people Outbreak. are dying as well. And it's it's, it's very serious. But yeah. yeah, I've been lucky to be safe and minimal mental anguish. Well, good, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, Michael Longfellow, you're also a bit of a young fellow at 26 years old with all of these accolades. You've, you've been on Conan. Wow. <laughs> right, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. I, I heard a couple podcasts, one when you were 25, and then a month or two later, you were 26. So, happy birthday. Thank you. January 31st. Which, you know, in the same year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's too far. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Never unpleasant to get a happy birthday. I just, uh, I had to think for about five seconds on what month it was. So yeah, I am a little late. All right. But anyway, 26 and a quarter now, and you've got all these accolades yeah. in your pocket. You were on Conan. You uh, were on Bring the Funny. It seems like you started really young as a comedian. I think it was 19 years old. Tell us how, how you got into it. Yeah, I... uh got into it the good old-fashioned way i thought about doing it for like three years and then finally did it at like an open mic and i liked it 
not an open mic actually. It was like kind of a showcase show. My mom signed me up for a stand-up comedy class because I mentioned to her that I wanted to do it. Oh. And I hated it at first. I thought it was like so lame. And it was like me and a bunch of 70-year-olds that wanted to like do it once <laughs> before they, they pass on. <laughs> but it was nice. Cause they like My first show was this. At the end of like six weeks, we meet every Tuesday and write. And then at the end of six weeks, we did this show. And it was like a filled kind of auditorium. And that was my first show. And it was nice. Everyone was, I don't know if I did well, but the audience was, I was so cute and young that they were nice to me. And (laughs) and I liked it. it, Yeah, I kept doing it. You hooked them in with the charm. Nice. That's that's funny because Eric and I, we actually, uh, we met through a a comedy showcase, writing class slash showcase. It's probably, it's it's Tony's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I. Oh, did. you know Tony? Nice. Dude, yeah. I spent like three years with that guy. Yeah. Oh. I would like do sound and not even go up at the shows. Sometimes he'd piss me off. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, was, I was interning there, kind of, and I would do the sound. And I always thought the agreement was like I'll get to do a set, but sometimes I'd just be back there. And you know how long those shows are. There's like 20 of us, you know, on one oh, of those yeah. lineups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing the sound and the lights and everything. It was like a long, it's like a shitty Friday night for a kid in college or something. Oh, but God. Uh, yeah, dude, I was there for like, I still liked it. I was there for like three years. Did you ever nice. seek vengeance when you, didn't, when you didn't get that stage time? Did you just, you had control of the sound. You could just turn it off when Tony goes up. Right, <laughs> but I wouldn't because I love the art and I would never sabotage it. No matter what is to be gained. Spoken like a true. That's uh, right. I'd rather sit in misery and watch four hours of not misery, but you know. Let, let's let's tell it like it is. Yeah, I mean, my first time going up, I'm it's sure my beginners, man. <laughs> I'm not saying I was any better. We're all beginning. We're all figuring it out, and it's you know, people that start comedy are usually pretty bad at it, like uh, most things. That is <laughs> right. That, that is very true. Yeah, yeah. You get better very quickly, I think, in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, some do, some don't, but you definitely did. And then you ended up continuing the career. You moved to L.A. How was the move? L.A. What was that like for you? Um, I went kind of as a trip, and then I ended up staying. I had like a family friend. What? Like a conquistador? You just ended up going there and were like, I claim this as my town. I was going to go there for like a month, like the longest trip I've ever taken. And I wanted to move there, but I didn't really know if I had the resources or ability to. And then I just uh, lived in squalor and made it uh, made it work. And then I met Carol Wong, who was uh, this old lady that I lived with. And life got a lot better when I met her. <laughs> That's it wasn't odd. a terrible move. It was a, it was a lonely one year. And then, you know, it wasn't too bad. That's awesome. I was going to say too, Carol was in your in your set on Conan too. In my set, dude, she was in the audience watching it. She was backstage eating all the food. No uh, way. Oh, that's awesome. She she came to bring the funny too. She comes to all of the all the TV stuff. Carol's always there. Oh man, that's so cute. So you guys have really formed a yeah. a nice little bond. Yeah, we actually did. She's a friend. We still keep in touch. Probably not as much as I should. I should call her more, but yeah you know did you guys ever hook up oh man why do you do why do you have to do that (laughs) she's Uh, probably gonna listen to this (laughs) carol i love you (laughs) all right um and then anyway so how did conan happen dude who knows you know got lucky (laughs) and some of the right people saw me i guess you know I, I guess the first seed was at the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival in Atlanta. I think that's where the guy saw us at. After that, I don't know really what happened, but I ended up getting like an email that I got to be a comic to watch thing at uh, New York Comedy Festival. And then I went and did that. And then that was kind of like a, a, a showcase for Conan. Wow. And after that, I did the, I did the Conan just it has like a year though you're saying conan has eyes everywhere and is just watching at conan's festivals got, dude, conan's got hawks he's got scouts out there man and you never know you never know when uh when i don't know you just always got to be funny 
always on your toes. It's always, yeah, I guess it is a good lesson because there are definitely, I've been guilty of like maybe phoning it in or like taking shows off or something in my earlier years. And I don't know, it was like a good, definitely a good lesson to, yeah, always, always give it your all as corny as that is. No, that's good. Um, Gotta bring your A game. Right. And what was it like when you actually got on Conan? I hear you got a, a car that, that drove you to the set and everyone was really Oh, nice. yeah, dude. I didn't know that until the day of. That was awesome. They, like, pick you up in a nice fancy car and, like, took me and some of my friends to the, the studio. And then you hang out there and eat cheese and <laughs> look at, like, old pictures on the wall. <laughs> And there's like a, there's famous people walking around every once in a while. You're like, ah, ah. you know, and sometimes you recognize them. Sometimes, you know, they're just like famous. You can just feel it because it's like on the same lot as so many other shows. There's just, you know, it's like the movies really. it was like the one experience that was as good as I thought it would be. You know, that's really cool. That that sounds glorious and grim at the same time was the other experiences weren't as great that you've had. Well, I just feel like, you know, you always everything disappoints sort of you know rarely is something as good as you imagine it's gonna be that's still be great but not as great your imagination can just run so wild that, but this was like the one thing where it was like yeah it was like a all this all the stuff you would assume just famous people bopping around and people running by with like big instruments and just like organized tv chaos i, I think that should be it's a as sh- corny as it as it should have been you know in the best way that's awesome. Have you ever heard the phrase uh, "pessimists are never disappointed"? No, but I have now. <laughs> That's a good one. Are you saying I'm a pessimist? No, but if you uh, if you look at things pessimistically, and then you know things turn out better, boom. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. Who were the guests that night? By the way, uh, Martin Short, ooh, and Natalie Zia who is an actress. Okay. Actor. And, and actor, actress. And so did you feel nervous at all performing in front of Martin Short? Definitely do. <laughs> Why is there got to be another comedian on, on mine, you know? Yeah. It could have been anyone. It could have been Dwayne The Rock John, just like get an action star or something. Let me be the funniest person on the show. But I was... I was like the third funniest person on the show. But he was so cool. He came up to me after... And said really nice things, and we hugged. Back in the old days, where you could oh. give someone a squeeze <laughs> that you hardly even knew. Oh man, that's so special. I, that that's awesome. What it if, was? I'm jealous. I, I I would like. I know. I should I should be cooler about it. I should you know act like I've been there before. But it was it was all very cool. It was all very neat. Oh Just yeah. Just like a you know your shiny eyes rolling through. Oh man, did you find yourself stuttering or trying to find words when you were talking to him or? I remember one time there's like massage chairs in there and you look kind of ridiculous when you're on them. You're like reclined and you just <laughs> Sink, look like kind of bloated. <laughs> yeah. And it was like shaking a little bit and Andy Richter walks by and I didn't have the heart to like say hi. I just looked at him and he went back into his room. Did he make eye contact <laughs> with you? Yeah, we made eye contact. And I, was just like, I was just like shaking. <laughs> we looked at each other for like two seconds. And I couldn't say, I could, he was inviting me to say, like, say hello to me. And I fucking just was like, I don't bother him, I guess. That's so funny to hear that story from you. Because uh, usually that happens to me in work where I will cross eyes with Bob from accounting as we're walking by and I don't say hi to him. But you held a gaze with Andy Richter and you didn't say hello to him. <laughs> I know I should have. I really wish I did say hello. Uh, I regret it. It's, a, that's, it's the one regret of the experience. You know what, though? With the shining star that you are, I'm sure you're going to be able to have the chance to say hi again next time. I hope it's not Richter's. And that, yeah, I hope we get to become friends someday. Oh, oh give a nice squeeze like you did with uh, Martin Short. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to squeeze again. Who knows that'll be, though? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, so then you were also on Bring the Funny. How did that, uh, how did that happen? I have no idea. I don't know how it happened. Someone just called me. Someone had seen, I didn't like submit or anything, uh, really? but someone that worked for them saw, I think my Conan set or something and called me and 
I went through like, you know, like an interview process and stuff. You know, I love you and hate you at the same time because <laughs> you're just like, it just happened. You're so talented. It seems like a lot, but it's literally two things. It's like in between those two things is a long, like a oh, year and a half of wondering what the fuck is going to happen next. What am I going to do? I didn't know this weird bring the funny show or that I would do it. And, uh, you know, you just fucking go do shows in bars and people's backyards and clubs for like forever and you just wait and you just hope you just hope that if something's gonna happen and you trust that it is i don't know i'm trying to get a, i don't know it's like it seems like a lot but i get what you're saying it's not just these things have been happening to you you've been working towards them even though you didn't say i'm gonna bring on i'm, I'm gonna be on nbc's bring the funny you've been working and grinding pretty consistently and then you've been building up the skills to bring you and make you a capable contestant on that show or Conan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely don't want to say that it didn't just happen, though, too. It definitely did. There was obviously <laughs> a stroke of, of luck that I got a phone call or even answered it from a fucking number I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. That's a good point. I answered this one. Yeah. I was like, why did I answer that one? <laughs> uh, God, I hope it didn't have scam likely on the call either because I've seen that pop it up, didn't. too. That's, that's why I, that's all I did now. I can't even break through the, the spam app thing. But I, I was going to ask too, so through the grind, it sounds like you've done a lot of shows, maybe backyard shows, things like that. Did you ever go through a show and you're just like, ah, fuck, what am I doing? Is it? Oh, dude, so many times. So many times. But I do think that like nine times out of 10, they end fun. Or there's something that happens that made it worthwhile. Even if it was a shit show. It's like you grew or it feels productive. Right. Rarely do I like feel like I wasted my time, even if the experience isn't the best. And, and I think that's just a demonstration of the passion that you have. Because you've been doing stand-up, what, seven years now, if my math is correct? Yeah, seven, close to eight years, I think. Seven, probably like seven or six, like intensely. So For the first year I was doing just like the Tony shows, just show the, a month. Just being the sound guy. Being the sound guy, uh, I had a whole book of jokes that when it came time to get on stage, I was like, oh, I actually don't stand by any of this material at all. I would never say this out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it was like six months of, of writing in this journal that I was just like, my God, dude. <laughs> I have a pile I of should have journals. burned it. Oh. There's stuff in there that could be bad if <laughs> someone ever found it. Oh, man. You're like the FBI cannot see this. <laughs> Dude, don't we all have that? Like, yes. Some of our joke books are just, there's pages where it's like, what was going on that day? <laughs> what was the prompt you, you, that Tony gave us? <laughs> you know what? I feel like you could definitely profit off of it. Like an OnlyFans account where you could let people see the jokes that you don't let the public <laughs> see. Dude, I've been thinking of something like that. Only OnlyFans seems like a really... Whenever I see someone tweet about it, they're like, I make six figures. And it's like, you fucking... <laughs> You're like 22. Oh, my God. And just from Vermont. We just had a guest on that she blew up. Not literally, but on OnlyFans. And she <laughs> ended up posting a picture on Twitter. And Joey Diaz started talking about it. He retweeted it and commented on it. And then she just, I think she's in the top 0.5% of OnlyFans. Wow. That, she has to be rich. I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I support it. <laughs> I want to join. I don't know if there's as big of a market for fellas. Well, fellas are pretty big on. I I mean, it depends on what you're willing to do. I think, but what would it really stop me from doing? Because people say it'll it'll affect your future. What realistically do you think I wouldn't get booked? Mm, no, I only fans. I don't see that happening. No, because so, you've got an unconventional job. People who say that yeah, are like the people kind of, who are like going to have to go through a background check for a bank job, stuff like yeah. that. Like if and I'm so, applying for a project manager position and they're like, what do you like to do for fun? And I'm like, well, I like to strip on my OnlyFans account. They might I I show you. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a little taste. This one's on me. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I'll give you a three-day pass. Yeah, here. <laughs> this code. yeah, here's the link. Oh, shit. Then it's going to cost you. <laughs> 
Yeah, there might be some repercussions to that, but it depends on the job position, I would say. Yeah. You know, who knows, man? Maybe I want to become a priest someday, and I just don't know that yet. Your brain chemistry changes so much. Oh, I hear they're all about forgiveness. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think as long as it's all solo play, uh, as long as you're celibate. I think they're pretty into, like, creepy sex, too. (laughs) (laughs) They are, yeah. They yeah. pretend they're not, but they are. I mean, if Is you that just in the news, <laughs> yeah. So back to bring the funny. You you made it to the semifinals. How did you feel as you kept progre- as you kept progressing up in the rounds? How did you feel? Were you like, holy shit, this is crazy, or were you like, yeah, I am funnier than the other guys here? Um, no, it was like surprise, and uh, it was it was joy mixed with a little bit of like, oh man, I got to do that again. That was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stressful to do stand-up comedy in a, like a competition format, let alone a televised one. So yeah, I'm so happy I got to do it. I'd do it again, but it was definitely stressful days. I was going to say too, it was really interesting how they shot it because I I watched some of the clips and then they have the laughter from the audience, obviously, but then they also Mm -hmm. put over that the laughter of the judges. So you'll hear the the uproar of the audience and then you'll hear Jeff Foxworthy be like, (laughs) and it's just kind (laughs) of strange to to have that layered like that. But it, it was cool. It seemed like it could have been fun. There's yeah, there's fun parts about it, but yeah, it's of course not an ideal. You know, it's a it was like an intense experience, but a wonderful one. Aww. Intense isn't bad. All the judges were cool. Everyone was really nice. I met people that will be friends for life, and uh, you know, I got to get my name out there a little bit. So definitely, definitely love the show. But oh, what a day! And it's so <laughs> fucking cold. I remember turn up the heat. Uh, studio really nbc studio you gotta turn up the heat in that place man i was freezing for three weeks wow otherwise i have no complaints i have no complaints at all i hope they know that i I almost just imagined a google review is like great show need to turn up the heat fucking cold in there great show yeah i you know i don't know if the audience would disagree i think everyone was a a little cold maybe they just do that maybe that's like a strategy just how they keep people awake i don't know I was gonna. I yeah, also. I also saw a a little mini sketch. It was kind of a promo. You getting up to the semifinals where you did with Jeff Foxworthy, where you were like, yeah. "Jeff, I don't know what to do. I don't have any material." And he's like, "Well, think of your past experiences." And uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask: Did you and Jeff brainstorm that, or did you guys? No, that was written for me. I was given the script, and they were like, "Give an hour to learn it." And then oh, shit. Uh, you're going to shoot this with Jeff real quick. We literally, it took like five minutes to shoot. I was with him in and out. Uh, I was so nervous, dude. I don't act <laughs> uh, that much. I take acting classes because I want to, I like acting, but I haven't done it a lot. So just to kind of be stuck with Jeff Foxworthy with like a new script in a giant studio like that, that was pretty intense too. But he was cool. And, you know, I think I remember sometimes worrying, dude, some of it, like some of those takes are so cringy. You're like, oh my God, if that ever gets out. <laughs> but they edited it pretty well. Like, I feel like they made me look pretty nice, better than I was, probably. So I'm, yeah, I'm not bummed with how it came out. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought you did a good job. I thought, I, yeah, I rose to the occasion. I thought, you know, first time standing next to Jeff Fox, really, I got to fucking remember this script and then <laughs> counter my nerves. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> I did all right. No, I thought you did fantastic. It was good because yeah. I watch my wife makes me watch America's Got Talent and all that shit. So they've got <laughs> the videos that they do similar to that where they're kind of goofy and they'll talk about their life or whatever. And I'm just like, um, you could have you could have done a little better on the acting there. But from your clip, I thought you did pretty well, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I Peace. just. I, I oh no problem and i just i love what a humble guy you are it just seems like oh, you're all you're taking it in style and uh in grace and, well i think this pandemic has humbled all of us yeah that's very true you know <laughs> all right michael are you ready for the self-help portion of the podcast totally yeah all right I'm ready we're gonna dive into it man well unless sorry i dove in too soon is there anything else that you'd like to tell the audience about no, uh, I don't think so. 
Okay, now's the last chance because we're not going to talk about you anymore. We've All been right, in. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get into the self-help portion and we like to start it off with a quote of the week. Now, before we read this week's quote, we like to ask our guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help get them through their days. I heard you say one earlier. It was like, everything's disappointing, sort of. I thought that one was good, but do you have any others? Yeah, I like to say that every morning. As <laughs> I apply my aftershave. Um, I don't know if I, my Wi-Fi password is <laughs> So that's nice every day to type in. Uh, other than that, I don't think so. I don't think I have any, uh, I wish I had like a Dick Butkus quote or something I could throw out to sound cool, but I don't. Ah, oh, man. So all the coolness that you accrued through the interview part, it's kind of going down now. Also, do you type in your Wi-Fi password every day? You can save it. Oh, not my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> I mean my, uh, <laughs> my, to unlock my computer. Oh, oh well, that's nice. I, you know, I think passwords, that's actually a pretty <laughs> creative way to inspire yourself because you have to type it all the time. So if you do Should something- Should we be broadcasting right. this? <laughs> It reminds me. <laughs> That's true. You might have to change your password now, like one or something. But... That's true, yeah. That's all right. You know, you're a close friend. Awesome. All right. So we're going to go ahead and read our inspirational quote that we've found. And our inspirational quote comes from a robot. That's right. It's an AI machine called Inspirobot that takes some of the most inspirational words, mashes them together for a juicy quote of wisdom. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to read it and then figure out what it means. Eric. This week's quote. When you weaken in the face of artificial sweeteners, you also weaken in the face of cheap thrills. What was that voice there, Eric? Wow. That was pretty dramatic. Oh, it, it was. There's nothing more serious than the topic <laughs> at hand. This is borderline gibberish. <laughs> Does that mean that you need to... You know, you don't go for the artificial sweetener experience. You you go for the pure experience. Joy down the line is always better than immediate joy. Is that the message? So immediate I, joy is, is impulse and uh, joy down the line is responsibility. Artificial sweeteners are like drugs and prostitutes. And sugar is and, like better drugs. God, now I'm stumped again. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it, it mean anything. It could be a code. It could be a nuclear code. Oh, we could, have, we could say that, and who knows what happens? Some like sleeper agent. That awakens. could be North Korean. I don't even know. <laughs> Shit, is I that mean, English? I mean, it could be. I don't know the. It could just sound kind of like English. Those Very are the, the these are the chain of words to take control of the Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, say it in Russian. I, I yeah, I think it's just basically saying go for the real thing. Artificial sweeteners are for bitches. I think if you're going to go for it, just go for Drink that Code Red, bro, because Code Red doesn't have artificial sweeteners. It's just pure sugar. Maybe they are artificial sweeteners. I'm not sure. But just go for sugar. I feel like go. that would have artificial sweeteners. I feel like it's got a lot that's artificial in it, actually. Yeah. Bad example. Maybe a, har a jarritos, a Mexican soda. Yeah. Maybe like a, a fresh lemonade over the powder, right? Right. Have it have something simple and delicious cuz the good things in life they're simple and they're they're not complicated or artificial. Like some of your greatest moments going on Conan, it just happened and it was a simple delicious moment. That squeeze It was a simple delicious moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it it wasn't artificial, so it didn't disappoint. And I feel like artificial sweeteners are just going to set you up for disappointment. Yeah, I think that's a great interpretation. Great. I feel like we're all inspired and fueled up. So we're going to go on to the first question. This is from Reddit, and it's found by our fan, Sarah. <clears throat> this person says, I forgot my dad's birthday. I just realized my dad had birthday this week. I wouldn't think over it too much if I were 10 years old, but I am almost 18 now, and I'm afraid he may be sad or something like that when I didn't do anything. I didn't even text him. What should I do now so I don't hurt him? Sincerely, son of the year. What do you both, What do you guys think? I, I think I like how they phrased my dad had birthday this week. I, I feel like <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. Eric, have you ever had somebody not say happy birthday to you that you were really expecting? 
like your son? <laughs> my my son who's 30 days old and can't speak yet? No. Doesn't matter. I, I have I haven't had a birthday yet since. Okay. What about you, Michael? Have you ever had someone not tell you happy birthday? Um I know, but I have forgotten my dad's birthday. Really? Uh, I forgot it once, yeah. It's bad. It's a bummer. Bro. Uh bro. I know. It's uh I'll never forget it again. <laughs> I have a reminder in my iPhone. Uh wait, so <laughs> so what did you do to make up for it? You just get him a gift and apologize is really all you can do, you know. It's like uh, just a shitty situation. But he's your dad. He loves you, you know. Demonstrate that you love him. Apologize sincerely. You'll be fine. I, forget about it. I, I agree. I, or maybe not. I don't know your dad. Maybe uh, you'll get, you know, maybe it's over. Maybe you need to break up. <laughs> break up. We're no break longer father-son. I was going to say, move out. You start your own, you're 18 now, you know, you said it yourself, you, you're done, you're done. Do you feel like it's better to not to miss your dad's birthday than your mom's? Cause I think it is because yeah, I think it is too. I think if I was a dad, I would rather my child miss my birthday than like a mother. I'd rather miss my dad than my mom. I don't want to miss either, but I agree. Cause I feel like it would be equally emotionally damaging to both of them. However, the dad would show less of that to you, even though he's hurting on the inside. He'd be like, no big deal. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I love the tie yeah, that you maybe. got me. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that just becomes what parents' lives are. Eventually, that's just the life of a parent is pretending you're not constantly hurt by how not close you are to your children anymore. <laughs> is that dark is that too dark <laughs> that might be next week's inspirational quote i like it yeah. <laughs> you know when you're like getting to 70 and your kids are 40 you just you know you just pretend it's not crushing you on the inside that you never see your son that you carried inside of your body <laughs> oh, you know wait by the way the, your dad's birthday that you missed was it a milestone was it like 40 or was it a no it was it was like a something four (laughs) (laughs) oh those something fours it had like like an eye it had an eye like a three or you know (laughs) (laughs) oh man but it still yeah it was good it made me learn his birthday though (laughs) that's good it's never too late to learn i like that I don't think I've ever forgotten my dad's birthday, not to rub it in, but I feel like I've I've always, I haven't been close to him in terms of, I was living in New York, he was in Arizona, and I would call him, I I didn't get him gifts though, but maybe it's the, it's the wishing of happy birthday that. Yeah, I do think at a certain point, the gifts can, like, you don't need a gift. Sometimes I'll, I'll send my mom something if it's like mother's day or her birthday or something but i feel like just calling my dad is enough for him to that everything he wants he's just gonna pretend to like what i get him and then never use it to to that point do you think have you guys seen the new google assistant where they can actually you can say hey google can you make a, a hair appointment for me and they will call and make the appointment so I think oh, yeah, pretty yeah. soon you can just set up reminders for Google to wish your dad a happy birthday in your voice. Just I could from- also just be a better son <laughs> and, and just call him when I know it's his birthday because I care about him and I love him and he has enough. I mean, uh, <laughs> he has a right to a piece of space in my head. So I should just keep him there. Oh, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I guess if Google could help. You know, better safe than sorry. <laughs> there you go. But I'd be surprised if I ever miss it again, man. I am like traumatized from the experience. Nice. Eric, do you have anything to say about the matter? Uh well you said, Oh, you'll be sure to add a uh well let let's 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 help the let's help the guy in the question, right? Uh I mean I guess yeah. son of the year here. Uh I have an idea how how you're gonna get out of this. Put a different reminder in your phone but put it like a month off and be like oh dad i put it in my phone look here but so then you gotta wait a whole month 
well no you you you've you've you realized oh shit but you go but i know i put it in oh, my phone okay. and then you look and you i go, think it's ah. safer to wait i think you do the same thing but you wait oh you wait and then you a celebrate month it a month later <laughs> yeah and be like eh because then if you have the same day but you're a month off it's like okay i can see how maybe your finger slid and you know you did just one month off <clears throat> but you still knew the day so you're like, Dad, after 18 years growing up with you, I didn't quite memorize your birthday. I put it in a reminder on my phone. 18's a tough age. There's a lot going on. <laughs> was it like a June-July difference? Yeah. What, month, what month was you know, it? To be, yeah, was that's it during fair. finals? Was it SATs? Uh, there's so much stuff you could say. Was it the big state game? Was it when Altered Carbon Season 2 came out? You don't know. You don't know these things. So <laughs> yeah. one thing that you could do is you could organize a surprise party for him and be like, look, I wanted to do the surprise party. Didn't work out on your birthday, so I had it a little bit late. And then invite some of the people that he cherishes and, and holds near and dear to him. That's really good. I'd be surprised if an 18-year-old had the capacity to <laughs> put that together. Tell like, him there was a surprise would... party, but he didn't show up to the right place. I don't know how I would get in contact with like my dad's friend, Deb, <laughs> Deborah, or something. You know, <laughs> How would I get Deborah's number? I'd be like, come over. Yeah, that, that might Is be... The lady that appears whenever my parents <laughs> deem it. Deborah, come over for a surprise. Yeah, that you yeah, got it. Sometimes, gotta... sometimes Deborah's there, and then <laughs> most of the time she's not there. But sometimes she's there. That's Deborah. I don't know when and where. I can get Fourth of July. Deborah's going to be there. You know. Deborah is starting to. Just, it's just Thursday. Is Deborah the mistress in this scenario? <laughs> no, she's a family friend. <laughs> no, there's nothing crazy going on. My dad's a, a man of honor. Okay, no, no, no salacious details here that that we're missing. Madly in love with his third wife. I was gonna ask because I think in your okay in your in your Conan bit you had. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but you had talked about your dad. Now you can spoil it. And his his five a couple years his five ex wives, and I was gonna ask if that was true, but I guess it's only three. Yeah, you caught me, huh? Um, <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for that gotcha yeah, I moment. Tested it, tested it out a bunch. Five, five hit harder. It just was what it was. But I do remember he's been married three times, technically married. But there were uh, there were girlfriends that uh, still seemed like forces in my life. They just never, I guess, technically tied the knot. Kimberly, Deborah, who I hugged. Deborah, Deborah was never romantic. <laughs> uh, she was just a neighbor. Stop flying. I'm sorry. So, so, <laughs> Stop putting that upon my my house, my it, family house. Is Deborah going to listen to this? I hope so. I hope not. Sorry, Deborah. I didn't mean to burst. I don't know how involved Deborah is with my comedic uh, <laughs> career. She could be a follower. She could be following. I, I apologize for besmirching Deborah and the Longfellow name. I I was. Oh, it's all it, right. It's all right. It was all in, in jest. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Deborah. Uh, Public... Give me a call. I don't know how you'd get my number. Maybe ask my dad. All right, guys. So I feel like we had two pretty solid ideas here. I feel like yeah, we can... I think you're out of the woods, kid. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's easy street from now on. Awesome. Next question. All right, let's make a turn over here and go to our next segment, which is celeb advice. This is where we read an article from a trustworthy news source like TMZ or Perez Hilton and give advice <laughs> to a celebrity. So before we jump in, Michael, this is the part where we ask our guests if they can do any celebrity impressions. Um, no. All right, that was easy. Moving I on. Do, I do one. I do one impression. I could do it. I could do it now if you wanted it. Please do. It's not a celebrity. It's it's the and I don't know if you get it's a all right. So it's Deborah. No Dick Butkus. I said Dick Butkus earlier today. Yes. Uh, Hall of Fame linebacker Dick Butkus. This is his high school bully. All right. So this is an impression <laughs> of Dick Butkus's high school bully. All right. Here we go. Well, 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 if it isn't penis bottom smooch. So that's <laughs> Dick Butkus's 
<laughs> That's the only impression I do. But he's not a celebrity, but he's the bully of a celebrity. So it's half a point. I love it. <laughs> you know, I mean, we usually turn on the compliment shower and shower our guests. I feel like I've gotten you wet a little bit with that shower, but just one more turn of the handle. Y- your voice is so suave. It's just so... Thanks, man. That was the most beautiful transition into a sentence I've ever heard. Yeah, I... That was I, like real I, journalistic <laughs> art. That was amazing. I, yeah. That was I, a hot one. I'm, gl- I'm glad that you liked that and it wasn't too overtly sexual. But your voice is just so suave. It's like a radio voice that I would listen to. I usually get that I have a radio voice, but people are like, yeah, you have a radio voice of a station that I would never listen to. But you've got like this NPR evolution voice where it's just so intriguing and captivating and then you've got the humor on top of it which makes you extra funny oh man thanks dude yeah you know uh yeah you know i try i talk every day i fucking i put in the oh you practice yeah i'm out there speaking all the time not all the time sometimes i'm quiet you know, we all have moved. You got to have a rest day. Got to have a rest day. Well, that's good. You know. All right. I'm done. Thank comp- you for saying that. Uh, I, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, dude. I, I feel like my voice is a little off today. I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to get the crisp across, but I I don't know. I took a, well, I don't want to be too, cl- I took a, uh, an edible yesterday, a marijuana edible. Oh. And I think it was a little too much. And I'm just feeling a little off today. Oh no! I feel like I've been speaking in a higher tone, but maybe that's just my head. How much? No, no, no. I feel like the voice is dulcet and mellifluous, and it's just flowing like a, a babbling brook. It's just pleasant to hear. Okay. All right, that's good. Uh, <laughs> it's all in your mind. Don't worry. I mean, it's it does have some uh-huh. flaws, but ultimately, I'd give it like a ninety out of a hundred. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. <laughs> I'll take that every time. Um, a minus. Taking away my video games with an A minus. All right, Eric, can you do any new impressions this week? Uh, For some reason, I've been laughing to myself about the idea of what the fuck Mike Tyson's doing during the coronavirus, and I've got a half-ass Mike Tyson impression with, with with an idea of him being like if. If I could punch the coronavirus right in the face and cure people, <laughs> I'd be out in the streets throwing haymakers from dusk till dawn until the whole world was better. Wow. <laughs> so that's my half-ass, nice, Mike Tyson. That's that's guaranteed to uh, if I ever meet him to get me punched right in the right in the mouth. <laughs> that's that's wow. I think you'd love it. He might get confused and think, think it was him talking. He's got a good really sense fun. of humor. He seems like a good guy. Except for all the violence and he's a convicted rapist and all that stuff too, right? <laughs> Come on, man. You're the one doing an impression of him. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. He's out, he, he's out there Brad talking about punching man. people. I think he would be the first to admit it. You stand behind your your people that you do impressions of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, man. Usually well, this, 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 this man bit another like. man's ear off. In a fair boxing match in the <laughs> ring yeah, like it happened at a ruby tuesday i i do you really think it wouldn't have i don't know i think it would have been ruby that tuesday ear off no matter where that fight cocktail. went down oh god <laughs> all right well i'm gonna do an impression of a less unsavory character i don't know if you guys are familiar with the cartoon the animated feature of spongebob i can totally. do i can do a mean plankton Oh, dude, love to hear it. All right. <clears throat> Crabs, give me the secret formula to the Krabby Patty. I remember that episode. Yeah, dude. Michael seems unimpressed <laughs> with that one. Was that? No, I loved I like it. it. Come on, guys. I told you, it's the edible from yesterday. <laughs> Got me in a haze. The edible, it's making me not laugh at all of your jokes. I'm embarrassed. Laugh <laughs> I know I had this today. You know, I knew I had this. How much did you take, by the way? I think it was 25 that, milligrams. That's a hearty amount. That's a hearty amount, you know? Hey, big dog, big, big eats, you know? 
Another great inspirational uh, quote. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a, I don't know. It was a stressful day yesterday because uh, of the stuff we were talking about before the show. Right. So Got I, it. yeah, I get it. I went bye-bye for a little bit. Well, you went bye-bye, but we've got somebody coming into the world saying, hello, hello. This article comes from TMZ, and Eric, why don't you read it? This juicy goss comes from TMZ. Elon Musk and Grimes welcome first child together. Elon Musk is having himself quite a week. He put two homes on the market. He's potentially shooting a movie in space with Tom Cruise. And oh, yeah, he had a baby with his girlfriend, Grimes. The Tesla, <laughs> the Tesla honcho revealed the news on Twitter Monday <clears throat> evening by first replying to a tweet by saying the birth was a few hours away, then following it up with a tweet. Mom and baby all good. Soon after, he responded to a request for a pic, for a baby pic, with a shot of him holding his newborn son, which he claims shall be named XAIA12 Musk. <laughs> <laughs> he also posted one later of his kid with some savage face tattoos via social media filters. Oh my God, Michael, you can't see this, but he he posted a picture of his newborn baby. With the tattoo. Oh, I, one. I mean, he didn't actually do the tattoo. Yeah, he did a filter. I think. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. P- proceed. Definitely. 100%. There's no <laughs> way he did the tattoo. <laughs> no, 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 I meant, I meant, I don't know if there was like a, a, a default filter or if he photoshopped it or whatever. I didn't now, mean if like. It was, oh, if it was yeah. Mike Tyson's baby, <laughs> a face tattoo. Mike Tyson's baby would just come out with him on already. It just says I ordered. All right, let's continue. As we've reported, there hasn't been a dull moment with Elon in the past week or so, especially on Twitter. He's been pushing to free America now amid the coronavirus pandemic and has vowed to sell free America now. <laughs> amid the coronavirus pandemic and has vowed to sell sell almost all physical possessions. <laughs> And not own a house. As far as that movie in space with Tom Cruise, the actor in Musk's SpaceX are working on working with NASA on an action adventure flick that would eventually be shot in outer space, according to a deadline report. It's apparently in the early stages of development, just like Musk's newborn son. What do you think of the new Muskrat's name? All right, guys. A lot to unpack there. First, oh let me just defend myself because I, I feel like South African accents are so hard to do. <laughs> I, Let's hear some more of it. What, what's uh, it actually? What are you? <laughs> hello, I'm Elon Musk. I sell flamethrowers. I've I've sold out flamethrowers. It's German, isn't it? I'm getting German. You sound like Werner Herzog. Yeah, uh, there's some German in there. Fuck. Uh, well, they're very similar, Werner, Werner and, and Elon. But <clears throat> so we've so got X A I A twelve Musk. Right. So oh all right. God. Have you seen this name, Michael? Yes. Okay. So do you know what? Have you deciphered the code? Do you know what it all means? No. All right. I do. Okay. All right. Do you want to share with the class? Yeah. It's it's clearly the coordinates of the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. In, where, in the warehouse. Fuck. All right. That, yeah. That no, is, really. What is it? It's X is the unknown variable X, like X equals whatever. AE is AI in the Elven language that Elon Musk's girlfriend apparently speaks. A12 is their <laughs> g- their favorite aircraft known for its speed. Oh, yeah. Oh, I <sighs> did see her post about that. It's not his name. <laughs> Are they just fucking with us? They're fucking with us. There's no way that's his name. But do you know, like, Elon Musk, he's got a... I don't know. No, I don't know. That's the brilliant thing about it is, like, I could believe it for sure. Dude, And it's amazing how once I decide to believe it, how immediately okay I am with it. (laughs) Bro. Like, I'm furious about it for, like, ten minutes. And then if it is, I I guess it is. So it's all good. How's he going to order a coffee at Starbucks? Dude, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's a, <laughs> I, it's a terrible life. It's going to be a horrible life. 
<laughs> a rich, it's really putting a yourself rich, before your horrible kid. life. I mean, like, I want to be the parent with the fucking wacking. <laughs> the... I, w- yeah. I w- it's like you want to stand out for your kid's name, you know, and that's not fair to the kid. Dude, I was already the son of Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. you got enough of a spotlight on you. But who knows? You know, maybe the kid's just destined to be a star and uh, a world saver and we'll all be hailing the great king X variable <laughs> AI plane. That's true. I mean, I, I, I feel like he's already eligible to be the first cyborg if that ever needs to happen. I vote for him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Did we have any advice here? Um, I mean... Have I helped anyone at all this entire episode? The the guy with the birthday dad. You oh, had, that's true. You, you had he an did. identical experience, so you had yeah. the most. You had the most experience to give advice from. Yeah, I, but my advice was to apologize and give him a present, and we came up with like a cartoon crackpot. <laughs> you had the real. <laughs> you had the real advice. This episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> we put him through. I mean, I feel. <laughs> I feel like you also helped your dad. I am going to send this to him later. And I feel like when he listens to the part where you say how much you love him and he, he deserves a part of your, the space in your brain. I think that's going to mean a lot, mean a lot to him. I bet it would. He's a man with a heart. You know, what is he made of iron? He's not going to, he's not going to like hearing that from his, his, his baby boy. I think it's sweet. I think I, I, I really do. I don't have a baby boy, but I imagine if I had one, I would like to hear something like that from from it. Well, that's a perfect note to end the podcast on. So we're gonna. Oh, wow, really? We're gonna end it there. Yeah. Unless... All right. <laughs> you sound like you just got no. freed from purgatory. <laughs> I just hang up right now. All right, well, I'll see you later. Bye. Well, Michael. It was an absolute blast to have you. Where can people find yeah. you? What have you got going on? Can you just spray your name and and social and everything so people can follow you? So michaellongfellow.com uh, and then Longfellow Michael on Instagram and Longfellow on Twitter, TikTok. I'm on it all. Oh, uh, even the TikTok. Yeah, I would say Instagram is the the one I spend the most time on but yeah whenever I start getting dates again those will all be on my website and I just uh, thank you guys for having me this was a nice little distraction you know a nice uh, hour and a half away from the quarantine blues I appreciate it oh man it was our pleasure you were a goddamn delight and I know we just met over zoom meeting but I hope one day we can actually take advantage of human contact and give each other a nice squeeze. So until that day. Yeah, can't wait to squeeze, boys. <laughs> a nice squeeze. One of these days. <laughs> but no, thank you so much, man. It was really awesome to have you. And fans, if you guys have not yet, we really appreciate all the love you guys have been giving us too, all those digital squeezes. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. That's so important to us. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody. We will talk at you next week. Thank you, guys. Squeeze you later.